What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is at Sports. YouTube, TikTok, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 59. Just Kyle and I today. What are we going to be talking about, Kyle? Uh, we're recapping uh, week seven in the NFL. Uh, we got a whole bunch of headlines off of that. We're going to be recapping week nine or week eight in college football. Uh, going over all the injuries, the Heisman watched AP top 25, mm-hmm. uh, and then coming back from halftime, we're going to get into our top five MVP, top three depoy and our rookie of the years, just like we do every week. And then we're going to look at the world series and maybe look back at some of our predictions that we had from the very beginning of the year. That's always fun and frightening. Yeah. But first off, let's get started with number 59. Who's your favorite number 59? I think we're going to go with the same guy here. It's Mm -hmm. Luke Keekley, former linebacker from the Panthers. Uh, He's just such a fun dude to watch. You know, in my short time playing football, I Mm -hmm. try to model my game after him being a defensive guy, trying to be smarter and tougher than everybody. You know, that's a, that's a great pick for 59. Yeah, Luke Keekley is going to be my pick as well. Obviously, when I first started getting into football about seven, eight years ago, Luke Keekley was that guy, especially on defense. And he was that guy until he retired just a few years ago. And so with the limited uh, choices for yeah. number 59, I think Luke Keekley's is a clear choice here. Shout out uh, Cookie Carrasco. Big comeback. Yeah, sure. Now on to the opener, and my opener is going to be Scorigami for the second straight week, and man, is it great, Skyler. We had the Scorigami in the Houston-Arizona Cardinal game when it was 5-31, to 31, and whenever an NFL team scores five, it's on Scorigami watch because that's just not a common number that we see. Uh, but Scorigami for the second straight week, it was the 1,068th unique final score in NFL history. Uh, and the Jets almost were part of Scorigami in their game. They decided to score a touchdown uh, when they were down by when they were down forty-seven to thirteen. If they scored a touchdown, making it twenty to forty-seven, that would have been Scorigami. But we didn't get it. So and sorry. if you haven't watched that video yet, to any of the listeners out there, make sure you go watch the Scorigami video. Very interesting. Yep. Uh, yeah, I went to a pretty good college football game this weekend. Some D three action. Chapman at the Redland Bulldogs. My brother plays at Redlands. I got to see him. That was cool. Redlands won 28 to 24. Quarterback, hometown hero, Nathan Martinez. 354 passing yards. And uh, not a lot of people care about D3 football, of course. It's not nationally televised, but it's a big deal in the Inland Empire over there in Southern California. Um, Redlands goes to six and one. They pretty much clinch their division if they beat Whittier in two weeks, which is like the Vanderbilt equivalent of D3 football. And they received some votes in the poll. So I think they're going to be uh, in the top 25 by uh, playoff time. So that's cool. Very nice. Do they have like bowl games in D3? How does that work? It's like uh, the FCS. They have a big tournament with all the division oh, winners. Yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. At least one part of college football is doing it right. <laughs> uh now let's get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And we had three guys that we for sure wanted to head on here. And then I decided to add a baseball guy as well. So the three guys or the four guys that we had, uh, the first one is Dearness Johnson, Cleveland Browns running back. He had 22 carries and 146 yards and a touchdown in his first career start. And that was on Thursday night against the Broncos. Broncos just, they couldn't stop him. It was one of the most depressing games by a defense that I've seen in a long time. 
Next up is Cooper Cup. He had a big day, just like he's had every single week in the NFL this year. Uh, 10 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns against the Rams. Next up is Jamar Chase, the rookie wide receiver. We'll talk more about him uh, in just a few minutes. But he had a massive day. Uh, eight catches, 201 yards, and a touchdown in the Bengals' big win in Baltimore. And then we had Eddie Rosario, the NLCS MVP. He went 14 for 25 in the NLCS, three home runs, nine RBIs in that series against the Dodgers as the Braves advanced to the World Series. And we'll talk about that World Series preview uh, here in the second half. But let's go over the poll and how it panned out. So we had 7.7% of the vote going towards Cooper Cup. He comes in last. Next up is Eddie Rosario, uh, 15.4% of the vote. That was kind of shocking. Maybe just not a lot of baseball fans in our vote. Uh, Jamar Chase came in second place with 23.1% of the vote. And then Dearness Johnson, first start, first Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, 53.8% of the vote. So congrats to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a week. And the Cleveland Browns, I guess they have three great running backs. It's uh, Felton, Felton. Demetric Fenton time, I think, in Cleveland. That's a hard one to say. Uh huh. All righty. We got the Raider and Jet reports coming up. Skyler, I'm sorry, but how did the Jets? How did the Jets game go? It didn't go. It didn't. The Jets lost 54 to 13 at the Patriots. This was such a disappointing game for so many reasons. I'll start with the coaching. This is a team we've played before already this year, coming off of a bye, and they just weren't ready to go. Say what you want about Adam Gase. He was a terrible coach, but he knew what he was doing. These guys are clueless, and it's frustrating. I'm not giving up on them yet, but uh, LaFleur has been calling terrible games. Zach Wilson, obviously the big one here, gets crushed on his leg. Uh, PCL strain, sprain, uh, only out two to four weeks. Might go on IR, which is a lot better than we thought. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just not a lot of help on the defense. C.J. Mosley was already hurt. Quincy Williams got hurt early, concussion. Um, Jamie and Sherwood, the young linebacker, out for the year with the Achilles. It's just tough, man. Uh, looking like either Mike White or Joe Flacco starting next week against Cincinnati. And Mike White had two pretty good drives in this game and then turned around and threw two picks. So uh, I guess we're going for Kayvon Thibodeau and the number one pick. So uh, hang in there, Jets fans. It's going to be another fucking rough year for us. <laughs> it's been looking so good uh, so far for the Raiders this year. Uh, we went into Sunday going against the Eagles, knowing that Darren Waller wasn't going to play. And that was unfortunate, especially it being National Tight Ends Day, looking for him to have a big day. Uh, but that wasn't a problem for the Raiders. They allow an opening drive touchdown to the Eagles. And then the Raiders went off and scored 30 points unanswered. And then Eagles kind of came back towards the end of the game, but the Raiders were just playing not to lose. But the Raiders win 33-22 to against the Eagles. A very healthy victory for the Raiders. Derek Carr played amazing, 31 for 34. I believe he's only the second passer in all time to have a game of over 30 attempts and have a higher completion percentage than 90. And so he did that, and so congrats to him. Uh, Foster Moreau stepped up big in Darren Waller's absence. Uh, he kind of knew that he was a beast, but yeah. uh, he did, obviously didn't have the stage to shine with Darren Waller being the guy that he is. He had six receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. He was a leading receiver for the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs did get hurt on a touchdown uh, at, at the end of the first half, but he seems to be fine. He's 
talking about it on his Instagram story saying, stop the cap. I'm completely fine. I don't know. He's a very cryptic person, but Kenyon Drake stepped up big in his absence, 14 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Second straight week with a touchdown for him. Uh, Marcus Mariota actually got a carry in this game. The first time we've seen him ever since week one, Hunter Renfro had seven catches. Uh, and then on to the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Hurts, a very big play type quarterback. We held him to not a lot of big plays. He only had 18 completions for 236 yards uh, and then 60 rushing yards on 13 attempts. Uh, two forced fumbles. One of them was just Hurts dropping the snap and the other one was Gainwell fumbling on a Quentin Jefferson force fumble. Mm. Jonathan Ngakwe had his best game as a Raider so far. He had two sacks uh, and then a couple uh, passes deflected as well. So good game for him. Max Crosby didn't get a sack, but he was in there a couple times as well. Uh, and overall, very good game. And another note going away from this is Casey Hayward and Nate Hobbs. They are the two corners leading the NFL in coverage snaps without allowing a touchdown. And once Trayvon Mullen comes back, that secondary should be one of the best in the league. And I'm very happy to see that. Finally, a good defense as a Raider fan. There you go. I did. Uh, I got to say this before we move on. Uh, my dad has Waller in his fantasy league. I told him to pick up Foster and he safe to say he was very thankful. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> he had like 18 fantasy points or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, who, what's the next game for the Jets? Uh, at the Bengals. No, at home against the Bengals. Sorry. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. We're going to get smacked. Yeah. AFC leading Bengals that is right mm-hmm. now. And then the Raiders next week have a bye. And then after that, they go to the Giants. They play in the Meadowlands. A place where they've actually struggled quite a bit. Scary place. Their their past, (laughs) yeah. All righty. Now on to the headlines. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is pretty much the rookie of the year locked up already. It's Jamar Chase. And we are just going to go out there and just say, is Jamar Chase a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL already? I'm going to say, hold on a second, Kyle. Uh, It's not too far-fetched, but there's a lot of elite route runners in this league. And Jamar Chase just isn't quite there yet. There is one more thing I want to talk about with Chase. 40% of his yards this year have come from rack on nine routes, which is a go. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, don't knock him for being a good uh, jump ball player. And I won't. But then why aren't we shouting out guys with very similar numbers um, like Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Rondale Moore, and Jalen Waddell? Uh, I know some of those guys haven't played as much or don't have as many yards, but it's a very similar uh, statistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why aren't they in the same conversation? Well, I think it's a little different, especially for guys like Waddle. Like Waddle's been like a very safety blanket type dude for Tua and Jacoby Brissett so far this year. And I think he's going to be really good. He's on pace for, I think like a hundred catches this year. And as a rookie, I don't know how many times that has happened. If it's ever happened, uh, and Jamar Chase probably isn't going to get to uh, 100 catches because he's a big play guy. He's averaging 21.5 yards per catch uh, for his 35 catches so far this year. So Waddle, I would like to see a couple more big plays to see him kind of be thrown not into the top 10 conversation, but into that elite receiver conversation. Debo, I think, is just outside of there. And then who are the two other guys that you mentioned? I have Rondale Moore and DJ Moore. I'm just going to say the production right now. I like DJ Moore. I think yeah. he's he's a beast, but Ron no more is the fourth option on that team right now with yeah. D hop and uh, AJ green, Christian 
Kirk. And then maybe if you want to even throw Zach Ertz in there as well now with Arizona picking him up last week. So I'm going to say Rondell yeah. Moore just mm-hmm. because of the production. But I think maybe if he was in an offense where he had to be the two or three guy that he'd be, he'd be a stud. And so we'd yeah. be seeing him more, but for Jamar chase, I'm going to say he's, he's like nine or 10 right now, as far as wide receivers go. Uh, he has the second most yards in the NFL right now, just behind Cooper cup and Cooper cup is on pace to have the greatest. I know at least fantasy receiver season of all time, but 754 yards in your first seven games as an NFL player is insane. And a lot of people are knocking him uh, just because he is playing with the quarterback that he played in college. They're like, oh, he's pretty much already in his prime because he's not going to have to develop anymore with with Burrow. But that's not the case. He's just going to get better and better, at least for the next few years, as he puts on more muscle, gets faster, whatever it may be. And he's already a stud, man. He, he has a lot of, like, He's very physical and that's what we've seen a lot of him so far. And those rack yards or, I mean, rack, yak, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's very like physical. So he, he, his ability to stay on his feet, like his 75 or 82 yard touchdown, whatever it was against the Ravens this weekend, he like caught the ball, like 15 yards downfield and then got spun up in like three different tacklers and they all missed. And he just, he got by it. And from there he was gone. And so when you see guys making plays like that, I think it's very tough to not put them in their top 10, especially when they're doing it as consistent, consistently as he is so far. He has six touchdowns on the year. And I'm ready to put him in the conversation and put him mm-hmm. in at nine or 10 on my list. I do think it's interesting, the little uh, statistic I found here. Maybe that's a way to track guys who are going to become stars. Yeah, true. I do like Rondell Moore and those mm-hmm. other guys that you mentioned. Next up, we're going to talk about the Titans. They have two back-to-back very impressive wins, uh, one over the Bills on Monday Night Football uh, two weeks ago, and then they destroyed the Chiefs in Tennessee over the weekend when they they only allowed three points to Patrick Mahomes in that stellar Mm -hmm. offense. Uh, Are the the Titans the best team in the AFC? It seems like we talk about the Bills as the best team in the AFC, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC, but have the Titans and King Henry taken that throne? I'm going to say no. Uh, I think they do match up well with Buffalo and Kansas City, but this is the same team that lost to the Jets. And I know what you're going to say. A.J. Brown was hurt. Julio Jones was hurt. The offense wasn't the problem in that game. Okay, they averaged 27 points per game. They scored 24 in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, Tannehill was over 300 yards. Derrick Henry was over 160. I think their problem is giving up too many big plays. Um, in that last drive against Buffalo where uh, they Allen slipped, on the fourth down, uh, mm-hmm. he had two 30 yard passes to get into field goal range. Um, and I think when Tennessee plays at Buffalo in the playoffs, we're going to see a completely different game. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think the big thing for this Tennessee Titans team, if they play a good first half, they are going to win the game. Uh, cause if they get ahead and then in the second half, it's just pure Derrick Henry against your team and AJ Brown on whenever you get to third and long, third and short, whatever it may be. I think the, the Titans are going to win just about every game, but I don't think they're going to get to that hot start every single game, especially when there's teams like the bills and the Ravens, uh, maybe not the chiefs right now, but I think mm-hmm. the Ravens match up with them very well. So I'm still going to give the Ravens a slight edge, even after, even after how the Ravens played this weekend against the Bengals, I think they just weren't really prepared for them. I think that's a big thing with that. So I think we'll see the Ravens beat the Bengals later on in the season. And I'm still going to give the Ravens the slight edge here. Okay. 
Now, let's hop to the little side, the opposite side of that, where we have the Chiefs. And the mm. Chiefs just played probably the worst game that we've seen them ever play, especially with Patrick Mahomes. They scored three points. I don't remember the last time they've ever done that. Uh, Not even with Alex Smith, I'm sure. Yeah, so what, what's wrong with the Chiefs and – why are they just not the team that they have been in the past few years? So obviously that offensive line that they paid for hasn't been holding up, whether it's injuries or disappointments. Um, But I think what's happening here is I know it sounds crazy, but Patrick Mahomes is human. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be perfect every play. I think we're seeing a slow transition into a Brett Favre type career, for Patrick Mahomes, where he's always going to put up numbers, but he can't be the hero. And he hasn't learned that yet. He hasn't. Uh, I'm not saying that he has. I, mean, I know he has a lot of weapons. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's all of his fault that he's being a hero. He's kind of running for his life out there. But he's not going to the Super Bowl every single year. Um, Brett Favre went to the Super Bowl his second year, won it. Uh, and then after that, started throwing all the picks and playing hero ball. That, so that's what I think is going on here. Mm-hmm. I think it's less on Mahomes and more just on the Chiefs, like play calling and just kind of just being ignorant to like how normal football works uh, and the way that you feel like Patrick Mahomes can get you out of everything and Tyreek Hill can get you out of everything and Travis Kelsey can get you out of everything. I think they just like they play too much for the big play and we see that a lot with Kelsey. I mean, this dude was trying to catch the ball, go back a few yards and then pitch it to his teammates a couple times uh, this weekend. And that's just like, no team does that. And when you like just are consistently playing for the big play, you're going to get stuffed against good teams. And I think they're relying on that too much this year. And it's also the turnovers. They are 31st in the league in turnover differential. And here are the teams that are surrounding them. We have the Jags at last, the Jets in 30th place. Yeah. And then the Niners at 20, 29th. The Niners are two and four. The Jets are one and five. Yeah. Yes. And then the Jags are one, one and five as well. Chiefs are three and four, but they have a minus 10 turnover differential. And they're, the thing is like, they're getting takeaways. They have a good amount of takeaways. They have seven takeaways this year, but 17 turnovers. That's five more than any other team in the NFL this year. So you're not going to win games when you turn over the ball that much, even if your, your defense is getting turnovers at the rate, like the bills are. So you're not, it's just not winning football with how they're doing. They have to be more conservative. Once Clyde gets back, they got to run the ball more. And I don't know, throw the ball short for once. Don't, don't rely on four-second, five-second routes where Mahomes has to run around and not get sacked. Yeah. Now let's go to the NFC. We have the Packers that are kind of just forgotten about in these good teams in the NFC, considering the Cardinals, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, whatever it is. Can the Packers, though, can they compete with the teams like the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Bucks? I think yes. Uh, after week one at New Orleans, uh, when we were all skeptical of the defense, you know, obviously hiring, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy from the 0-16 Lions, mm-hmm. we were worried. But the defense has been great this year. Um, you can say what you want about the run defense, but they're, I think they're number six overall and number five average-wise against the pass. Uh, so those corners they've been drafting have been helping a lot and they've been winning the close games to, uh, you know, a game like Cincinnati in overtime where everyone was missing kicks, uh, mm-hmm. getting out of that one with a win is big. It's a big tell for a team like that, if they can compete with the big boys. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think green Bay will be fine. 
Yeah, I feel like this team is going to be the best one possession team in the NFL just because you have Aaron Rodgers. If you have the ball with under two minutes and you are down by less than seven or even seven, I guess you could go for a two point conversion if you get a touchdown. They're going to they're going to be the best team in that case, because Aaron Rodgers is going to score every single time he gets the chance to, unless it's like humanly impossible. We still I've seen that happen. I mean, it's two great Hail Marys in his career. But I think what really scares me is the run defense. I know Skyler said kind of point your head away from that, but I you can't. I mean, the run defense is what really makes teams good in the playoffs and in these big games is because if you can run the ball. You're gonna win time of possession. You're gonna keep your team rested, and then you're gonna you're gonna milk the clock. And if you don't give Aaron Rodgers the ball, he can't win games for you. So you know, in the when AFC, he- I would agree with you. But when you're thinking about Chase Edmonds and Daryl Henderson and Leonard Fournette, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I don't know. I like those running backs a little bit. I think I know Daryl Henderson had a rough game last week, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I feel like playoff Lenny though. Once it gets going for him, he, he's okay. scary. And James Conner's been good this year. I know Ch- you mentioned Chase Edmonds, but James Conner has been stellar this year. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of big dogs in in, in the NFC. We'll see on Thursday uh, as far as that Packer Arizona Cardinal game goes. But we know mm-hmm. how Thursday games they're just they're crazy. It's a toss up. Uh, and especially if no Devontae Adams, I am going to pick the Cardinals in that game. I don't know by how much, but I'm going with AZ for that one. All right. All righty. There's a whole bunch of coaches on the hot seat, and we're going to give our take on all of these guys. So the first one, should Kyle okay. Shanahan be out after this year as Niners head coach? I understand where the hate comes from. Brad, if you're listening, you probably won't because you're part of it, mm-hmm. but – He's just learning and trying to figure out how to use his new toys with his quarterback. They're still not 100% healthy yet. I think you have to give him a pass for this year. Give him another full year with Trey Lance. I think he will get the next year, but I think they're too resistant on not using Trey Lance because if you want to play winning football, you're not going to play winning football when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. I mean, he just, he's not it. And I don't know how the financial side of it, I'm not even going to talk about because mm. they can take care of that some other way, but you have to start using Trey Lance because he's going to be the guy that helps you use your weapons most. I know Kittle's not healthy. So that's a big, big fault. And not only is he a good pass catcher, but he's probably the best tight end blocker in the league, except for uh, Nick Boyle. Shout out to him. Uh, but you have these weapons where you have Ayuk, you have Muhammad Sanu and obviously Debo. Well, you guys, you get the ball in these guys' hands. They're going to make plays for you. But you're not going to give them a chance when you have fucking Jimmy Garoppolo as your Mm -hmm. quarterback. And when your defense isn't the way that it was in 2019, uh, when they just allowed like 10 points a game or whatever it is. So will he be out after this year? No. Do I think he should be? Yes. Now Mm -hmm. on to Riverboat Ron, a fan Mm -hmm. favorite in the NFL, but... This just hasn't been going his way this year. Yeah, I think this is going to be a situation where they mutually agree that he retires. Uh, Washington's going to go try to find a quarterback this year, and they need an offensive guy to choose his guy, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency. I know not a lot of people are high on this draft class, but I think we're going to see some names like uh, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh play here at the end of the season. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, it's just the it's the end of Ron's career. You know, whether you want to call it a firing or a retirement, he he's gone after this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same thing there. I think it's it's time for Washington to kind of take that next step as a franchise. I know their defense hasn't been good this year, but I'm not gonna go out and say that this defense doesn't have potential because they do. They have guys like Chase Young and De'Aaron Payne and and all these good defenders on on that side of the ball that can really. I mean, we saw they play last year. We know that the potential is there for it. I think Jack Del Rio is going to do a good job with that in the future. But they need to get their offensive guy, and they need to put some points up on the board. Uh, and when you hire a new coach, you're going to get a new quarterback with that as well, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the quarterback situation that they are in. No fault to Taylor Henneke because I really do like him. He's doing his job. Exactly. He's doing what he can with the guys that he's got. But – I think it's it's time for about Ron, uh, a sad end to a great career, mm-hmm. and I think he's always going to be that fan favorite type guy. Yeah, regardless of uh, where you're from or what team you like. Next up is Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I think Brian Flores um, is not done in this league, but he needs a fresh start. It's just not going well in Miami. The offense is starting to pick up the pace with Tua now, but. It's just not it. He needs a year to go sit with Belichick as his DC or upstairs or whatever, and just and find his mojo because Miami's just not it right now. Yeah, it's it's been a weird tenure for for Brian Flores in Miami because we saw that that roster that he first got there with just absolutely suck, and he found a way to to win games with those guys, and then the year after, I mean, they were a decent team last year. They they were good. And then obviously they fell short of the playoffs and they kind of two was a big fall of that. But this year when two was playing well, they haven't done well. And their defense, while they force turnovers, just isn't that scary to me. And I, if I'm an NFL offense going against that, I'm pretty confident in my abilities to go score. So Brian Flores, just like Skyler said, I don't think his time is done in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to find a job somewhere else and then maybe have that spring into another head coaching job. But for Miami, it's just not going to work there. So I think he's going to be out after this year. Yeah. And if they keep losing, I, I mean, if they get to 2 and 11, 2 and 12, we might see him get fired mid year. Next up is the Bears coach, Matt Nagy. I'm not a big fan of changing the entire staff cleaning house when you have your franchise quarterback there. But Matt mm-hmm. Nagy needs to leave. He talk about a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. That is Matt Nagy for you. That's that's all I have. <laughs> it's a weird situation in because I feel like Matt Nagy. I mean, his defense they they are are crazy. That that defense is going to roll. I think they're going to win them a lot of games this year. Once it comes down to that, and maybe even sneak into the playoffs. But what just what we've seen with Justin Fields? I think Justin Fields is going to be really really good. But their play calling is just. It's skeptical to me. I, I know they go with what works, but when it's not working, they're, they're kind of just at a loss for everything. We saw that against Buccaneers. They're not going to be a team that comes back in any games because they just, like, once they fall into a rut, they don't go anywhere. I do think Nagy will stay for a little bit longer just because they already have their guy in Justin Fields and they're going to kind of just give him in the year as far as, like, growing pains as the new quarterback and – I don't know. However that goes, I think he will stay 
Uh, as far as Allen Robinson goes, I don't think he will stay with how he's done this year, but maybe attack a receiver in the draft and set yourself up with Chris Olave catching passes mm-hmm. from Justin Fields again. I think that'd be pretty fun to see. But nonetheless, I think Nagy stays. And okay. lastly, Vic Fangio. Again, I think this is a great football mind, but he does not know how to be a head coach. He throws his challenge flag in the most ridiculous places you mm-hmm. could think of. Um, and it seems like he's not that CEO type of head coach that everyone's looking for. He's 100% focused on the defense. Uh, and it's come back to this one for me in April. Denver is going to draft Carson Strong from Nevada. It's, I mean, I like that. How could Elway pass on this dude? Right. Mm-hmm. He's six foot five and has a rocket arm. I'm not saying he's going to be a great NFL player, but this is the John Elway prototype. And uh, he's going to want a new offensive head coach for this system he's trying to yeah. build. If he mm-hmm. doesn't get fired, if Elway doesn't get fired. Yeah. I, th- well, can the Broncos even fire John Elway with with just his name? They could just move him to, you know, keep moving him up to like assistant president. No, he's already president. I don't even know. <laughs> just be like, yeah, dude, Owner. you can you can come to all the games. You can come to all the meetings, but you're not drafting can't. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do anything. You're just, yeah. you're just going to have to sit and watch. They're going to make him retire. Uh, I think Vic Fangio needs to get out. I think this defense, the the player personnel that they have is so good. And I know their defense was amazing uh, in the start of the year because they played dog shit teams, though. And they just kicked the crap out of all those teams. And that's why their defense is at the top of the ratings in the NFL right now. But they're just their team is just not good. Like I think it's as simple as that, and it's also it has to do with the quarterback. I don't think Teddy is is all obviously that good. I don't think the decision to start him over Drew Locke was the smartest decision either. But Vic Fangio has to go. I, I think they got to get another offensive mind in there because that's what wins a lot of teams' games. And and you'll see that with a lot of the the best teams in the NFL right now. They're all offensive coaches uh, that put up a lot of points and have solid defenses with that. So. I think it's time for Fangio. The game's kind of getting past him, and he's way too emotional head coach. I'm going to throw one more in there, Skyler, even though mm-hmm. it's not on there. Yeah. I'm not going to give an input because I might be a little bit biased. But what about Rich Bisaccia? What do you think he's staying after this year? <sighs> kind of putting that's, you on the spot, so I'm sorry that's for tough. that. But. No, it's, it keeps me on my toes. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thanks. Uh I don't, is it too much of a dick move to say, you know, great job, but we're moving you back to what you originally did for us and then hire a head coach? Because I think that would be the move I would do. It's kind of interesting because he, because when you hire a new head coach, how often would the staff just say the exact same? So I think. I think it would be as as far as how the Raiders are playing right now. I don't think there's a reason to say, "Yeah, go back to your old spot. You you've been doing just fine here, but we're still going to move you back." Hey, but if Eric Bieniemy comes calling, then you, yeah, you got to do the do the tough thing. Let I like Bieniemy, but when I've seen how the Chiefs call plays in the last, I know Andy Reid's calling the plays, but yeah. I mean their offense. I think it was good mainly just because of the personnel. I I like Bieniemy. But right now I'm kind of siding away from that. And maybe that's just because Rich is doing such a good job and Greg Olson is doing well. But I think it's it's very possible we see Rich uh, as that head coach 
or we just see one of the guys from internally become the head coach besides Rich so he can kind of move back to that special team spot and just not really hire anybody new, but keep just a, I don't know, a different face as the head coach, whether that be Greg Mm -hmm. Olson, whether that be Gus Bradley, Tom Cable, whoever it may be, just somebody that has that head coaching experience. And, uh, but who knows? Mike Mayock did say that he did think uh, Basaccia is one of the best leaders he's ever seen of football players. So I'm for Rich. I think he's been great so far, and I think he's going to do great the rest of the year. All right. All right, we're going to take it to halftime now. So first off, let's just go over the other games that happened this weekend. Uh, So first off, we had Thursday night game, Browns hosting the Broncos. We talked about the Anders Johnson. Browns got the win 17-14 to in this game. We had the Raider game. Already talked about that. Uh, the Packers, they beat the Washington football team 24-10. to Aaron Rodgers, just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he, he played amazing. Taylor Haneke did have 95 rushing yards in that game, though. Uh, Titans, Chiefs, Titans win 27-3. to A.J. Brown, big game, eight catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Falcons beat the Dolphins in Miami due to a game-winning field goal by Young Hoku with just seconds left. Kyle Pitts, another huge game, seven catches, 163 yards for him. Matt Ryan played well in that one. Uh, Jets Patriots already talked about that one, 54 to 13 win for the Pats. Giants blew out the Panthers, and the Panthers just one of the most confusing teams in the NFL this year. They even benched Sam Darnold midway through that game, but then went on to say that Sam Darnold's still going to be the starter in the future. Giants win 25 to three. Next up is the Bengals beating the Ravens, a statement win for this young Bengals team. They sit at the top spot in the AFC after their 41 to 17 win over the Ravens. Next up is the Rams beating the Lions. Lions went all out in this game. Uh, surprise onside kick, two fake punts, still not enough to beat the Rams. We had the Scorigami game with the Cardinals beating the Texans 31 to 5. Uh, Zach Ertz had a long touchdown in his first game as a Cardinal there. The Buccaneers take down the Bears 38-3. to Very exciting first half for the Bucs. They were up 35-3 to in the first half and then didn't really do much the rest of the game. Just kind of played defense and got the job done. Tom Brady, 600 career passing touchdowns. And Mike Evans caught three of those on Sunday. Sunday night game. It was the rain bowl, the wind bowl, the whatever you want to call it in Santa Clara. The Niners lose 18 to 30 to Carson Wentz and the Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman, 105 receiving yards in that one in a messy game all around. Jonathan Taylor, man. That's true. Jonathan Taylor did have a big game in that. Uh, And then Saints and the Seahawks, pretty shitty Monday night game, but it was close. 13 to 10 win for New Orleans. Still no Russell Wilson in Seattle. And then we also had the bye weeks of the Bills, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Jags. And now, injury report from Skyler. All right. So, obviously, the big one this week, Zach Wilson, the young quarterback. Like I said, PCL sprain out two to four weeks. Might go on IR. Uh, We'll move it on quicker here. Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, calf strain. He has the bye week, and he's expected to play next week. Darren Waller, looking like a game-time decision. So it was a game-time decision for Mm -hmm. him last week. Um, 
couldn't go, but the Raiders now have a bye week. So should be all good there. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 Patrick Mahomes concussion. They said right after the game, he was fine. He just, they didn't want to say they benched him, but they took him out because he could, you know, couldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown questionable next week. Not a lot of crazy stuff here, but Nick Chubb Brown's running back expected to play next week. That's big for fantasy, big for Cleveland. Um, Saquon Barkley looks like they're going to wait another week. See if he can practice. And Miles Sanders, running back from Philly, um, they didn't release everything, didn't give a timetable, but it looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks with the ankle injury. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, that's just how <laughs> my running back is going in uh, fantasy. But I know one more injury uh, that yeah. came out today was Jabril Preppers, torn yes. ACL, out for the season. Giants so can't catch a break, there. man. Yeah, and he is a free agent after this year, so – that's probably going to affect the money that he gets, I assume. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, terrible injury for uh, just a tough year for the Giants. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all the big injuries. So uh, I guess we'll move on. Some college football. And last week we got uh, one of the most ridiculous games I've ever seen. Um, Illinois beats Penn State in nine overtimes. Nine. 20 to 18. Uh, so what happened was after the third overtime, uh, they didn't start from the 25. They just did two point conversions. And Kyle, I want to hear your, your take on this one. So I wasn't really watching this game too much in the yeah. morning. And then I just hear my dad yelling at me from the front room. Cause I'm in my room and he's saying, turn on ABC or whatever channel it is. And it's this game. They're in like the sixth overtime and they're just, I see the score so low. I'm like, what the hell? Why is it? like a 10, 18 to 18 game in sixth overtime. This game should be 70 to 70 at this point. And I knew it was a low scoring game in regulation. Cause I was flipping channels back and forth throughout the, like the 18 college games that they have on in the yeah. mornings. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It, it's a game you got to win. If you're Penn state, Illinois isn't, they're not good. So, I mean, you got to win that game if you're Penn state and obviously kicks them out of any playoff contention that they thought they had before. Mm-hmm. All right, the next game, uh, surprising to some people, Oregon wins at UCLA, number 10 Oregon. Uh, they were actually not the favorite in this mm-hmm. one on the road against their rivals. Huge game for Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, finally has a fully healthy game, and he gets two sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. That's uh, great for lottery picks to hear if they're uh, a little concerned mm-hmm. about taking Thibodeau, the injury history. Days so, uh, great for the Ducks, man. And uh, next game, it's going to be Iowa State getting the 24-21 to 21 home win against number eight, Oklahoma State. We knew this one was going to come down to the quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Purdy just outdueled Spencer Saunders. You know, uh, Brees Hall on the ground for Iowa State also helps too. And uh, Iowa State, I believe, should be ranked now, and that destroys the Oklahoma State uh, playoff hopes. So sorry, yeah. Cowboys. <laughs> Sucks for them. Yeah. All right. And uh, that's it. We move on to, like I say every week, one of my favorite things to talk about. It's the Heisman race. And, you know, it, it's starting to get interesting. I think we got our five guys now. Uh, I don't think it's going to change from this top five. I think the order could drastically change for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll start it off with number five. Number five, I have Kenneth Walker, Michigan State running back. Um, he's been so good this year, leading the league in rushing. The nation, sorry, 
And honestly, I think with a big game against Michigan, this could bump him up to number one. I think that's possible. Uh, you know, no clear favorite this year. Uh, yeah. One of the biggest games of the year so far. It definitely could. Yeah. Uh, next guy I want to talk about, not a lot of recognition. I mentioned him earlier. It's going to be the Pittsburgh quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Um, big win against Clemson at home. Kenny Pickett had two touchdowns, 300 yards, and he's 23 touchdowns, one interception. That's a great ratio right there. He's ninth in the nation in passing yards, third in QBR. Um, great season for Kenny Pickett, and uh, he's going to be on the NFL radar a little bit this year. Um, number three, I have CJ Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio state. seems like after that one bad game he had earlier this year against Oregon, he's been back slinging it. He had four touchdowns against Indiana. Um, and another crazy ratio, 22 touchdowns to three picks. He's first in QBR. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great for CJ Stroud. And then, uh, I think everybody knows my top two here. Number two is going to be Bryce Young. He's doing his thing for Alabama. He destroyed Tennessee with two touchdowns, 371 yards. And uh, again, you know, I I don't think it's his to lose anymore. I think he lost that privilege after losing to Texas A&M, rough game. Mm -hmm. But he's still number two for me. There's still a shot. And number one, I got to stick it with Matt Corral. Um, You know, a a great win against LSU. People thought this was going to be the big upset of the week. And he did his job. Not a lot of passing yards. Of course, he doesn't have to. Then he mm-hmm. won't. He'll run it. But he's got 15 touchdowns, one pick, whole lot of rushing yards. Uh, by the way, you know, 200 against Tennessee for a quarterback. That's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. So, Kyle, I think it's down to these five guys. And I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm ready as well. I do think Kenneth Walker will jump up the rankings oh, yeah. a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about that game here in the future. Uh, but the AP top 25, uh, came out just like it always does. I know Skyler doesn't like it. And I, we're getting closer and closer to the less pole. and the less pole. of a fan of it week by week. And the theme for this week is if you won, you had a nice little study up. If you lost, you dropped a lot. So first up 25 BYU. Uh, they weren't even ranked going into this week. Next coastal Carolina. They dropped 10 spots to 24. Uh, UT San Antonio up one spot. They're eight and zero uh, to twenty-three. Iowa State goes from unranked to twenty-two. San Diego State up one to twenty-one. They are still undefeated. Penn State drops thirteen spots all mm. the way down to twenty. Uh, so they obviously their Can't playoff lose hopes are like, at home. Exactly. Can't do that. SMU still undefeated. They are nineteen. Auburn eighteen. Pittsburgh up six spots to seventeen. Baylor up four spots to 16. Oklahoma State down seven spots to 15. AM up to 14. Wake Forest still undefeated. Crazy game team. against Army. Yeah. They won 70 to 56 uh, and only ha- had the ball for like 20 minutes or whatever it is. So they were just scoring yeah. big play after big play after big play. Still 7 0. Uh, they moved to 13th in the nation. Kentucky 6 1. They are 12th in the nation. Notre Dame 11th, Ole Miss 10th, Iowa 9th, Michigan State undefeated. Uh, they go up to eight. Oregon rises three spots to number seven. Michigan stays at six. Ohio State uh, stays at five. Oklahoma, even though they won, goes down to four. 
Oh, and then that was Alabama, a tough game against Kansas. So <laughs> Alabama, I mean, I think I don't like the fact that they reward or they punish Oklahoma more for almost losing to Kansas yeah. than Alabama actually losing to Texas A&M. And so mm-hmm. Oklahoma down to four, Alabama up to three, which kind of, I mean, I know this isn't the, the playoff poll, but I mean, yeah, they're probably going to be in the playoffs, especially if they beat Georgia. Uh, Cincy stays at number two and then Georgia stays at number one as well. Uh, I'll look at some of the, some of the better games that we got next week. So we have Michigan and Michigan state. That's obviously going to be a good one. Uh, that's on at 9. AM on Fox. Oof. Definitely have that game on. <laughs> uh, we have Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored, even though Iowa is number nine in the nation and Wisconsin is unranked. Uh, Miami Pittsburgh, I guess that's a decent game. Uh, Florida and UGA are going at it. Just another good game for Georgia to kind of just put it to a team. Uh, we have Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn is a three point favorite. That one is, I think it's called football Saturday, uh, 4 PM start, uh, on ESPN. These are all Pacific standard time. Uh, ABC, we have Penn state hosting or no. Ohio State hosting Penn State. That's going to be a good one. Mm. And Fresno State and San Diego State late night, 7.30 start. San Diego State is favored by one point, and that is going to be a good game. For our West Coast boys, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, not Pac-12 after dark, but still. Still a very good game after dark. I think the only big difference we're going to see in the committee rankings is I think they're going to bump Cincinnati down to four or five and make them go undefeated and earn it think that's the only difference yeah i think at this point though they like i mean obviously if they lose to some shitty team they don't deserve to make it but if they do go undefeated they have to make it like if you if the cincinnati once again has the season that they're having and they don't get in it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because they deserve everything that they have earned so far at the two spot in the nation yeah so that's going to do it for halftime though and now let's get the second half and we're going to start with the top three rookie of the year uh we know who number one is yeah. do you have any honorable mentions for this one i don't for this week i had gregory russo he was my number three last week he goes down to honorable mention they didn't play right. it was a bye week for the bills though yeah uh and then number three together who is it all right, I'm going to go with the Z's Ojalari, the Giants edge rusher. He's already having a pretty good year. And then two and a half more sacks against Carolina last week. Uh, good for him. Good for the Giants. Finally have someone healthy on the defense. Yeah, I too went with the Z's. Uh, he goes from unranked on my list to three, five and a half sacks on the year. Uh, one forced fumble. It's been a good good pickup uh, in mm-hmm. the draft for uh, the Giants this year. On a number two, I have a feeling I know who it is. I don't think you do. Uh, I'm going with Mac Jones. I think a lot of people have kind of shunned out this quarterback class because they've been either hurt or thrown a lot of picks or both the case of Zach Wilson, Mm -hmm. but Mac Jones is ninth in passing right now. And uh, he's been the only consistent guy. I think playing quarterback gives him that huge boost too. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is fair to put on this list. I decided not to just because his touchdowns and interceptions. And I think he only has nine touchdowns this year to six interceptions. Hmm. So I left him off, but I could I was thinking about putting him in, putting him as an honorable mention this week. For me though, at number two, I kept the same with Najee. Uh didn't play this week, but 
still hides the 388 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, as well as the 34 catches this year for 244 yards and two touchdowns. So he stays at number two for me. Mm-hmm. And then number one, it's Chase. I know I got it wrong on guessing your number two, but yeah. it's Jamar Chase for both mm-hmm. me and Skyler. Uh, we talked about him already a crap ton. Do you want to talk about him anymore or are you good? He's uh, pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, so just give him the award already. Jamar Chase, number one. Yeah. All righty. On to Depoy. Do you have any honorable mentions for this one? I'll, just, I'll throw in Aaron Donald just because he's Aaron Donald. Yep. Uh, I had Watt and Max Crosby as my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watt didn't play by week. Crosby yeah. had a good game. Didn't get a sack, uh, but same pressure, same hits as he's done before. Still leads the league in those. On to number three. All right. I'm going to keep TJ Watt, not drop him, just because I feel like uh, no one did anything crazy enough for me to do that. You know? Yeah. Number three for me. Is going to be a surprise, and it's going to be Marcus Golden, uh, linebacker on the Cardinals. He's been having a great year. I know the six sacks. There's a lot of people with six sacks, but he has four forced fumbles this year. That leads the NFL, and that's crazy. I mean, four forced fumbles already at this point in the year. That's it's not Trayvon Diggs' numbers in, in forced and turnovers, but, mm-hmm. but it, it's a get in there. And Marcus Golden goes from unranked on my list to number three. That's a good pick. Now number two number two Trayvon Diggs ball hawk getting better in coverage same touchdowns as his brother you know same old shit yeah let's go they didn't play they had a bye but <laughs> yeah uh I went with Miles Garrett at number two he was at number three last week for me so I bump him up one uh nine and a half sacks already on this year mm. uh I know Skyler has him as his number one just because yeah. That's just how it is. Uh, but number two for me is, is Miles Garrett. It's been All unstoppable. Right. And yeah, my number one is Miles Garrett. He had another sack and a half last week on Thursday night and uh, hasn't done anything to, you know, it's the trend here. He hasn't done anything to make me drop him yet. So I'm not going to drop him. No. Number one for me, Trayvon Diggs. They didn't play last week, so he hasn't done anything to have me drop him. So I'm keeping yeah, him at number one. <laughs> All righty. Now on to the MVP. This is where it gets fun. We have uh-huh. our top five here. Do you have any honorable mentions for the MVP? I have the three quarterbacks who had a bye this week. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. I, for my honorable mention, I went Joe Burrow. I know the intercept, the eight interceptions is very tough uh, for me to put them any higher than an honorable mention on this list, but he does have yeah. 17 touchdowns and he's approaching that 2000 yard mark. So I went with Joe Burrow for, the very surprising Cincinnati Bengals this year. Now on to number five, number five, I'm giving it to Joe Burrow. Um, Maybe this is just because all the other guys had buys and he got to uh, stat load a little bit this week, Mm -hmm. but the numbers are insane. Yeah. Number five for me, Lamar Jackson, uh, having the greatest passing year of his career so far, Uh, only 10 touchdowns passing, but he almost has 2000 yards is on pace for 4,000 yards. Uh, and then he also has 500 rushing yards on the season. So Lamar Jackson, my number five, uh, number four. All right. I'm going to do a Stafford slash cup for this one. I feel like they're equally valuable, mm-hmm. uh, both having ridiculous seasons for one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. 
I feel like Cup would have been a good honorable mention for me, but I just had to leave him off this list. Uh, going from unranked to number four for me is going to be Derek Carr. Uh, he's second in the league in passing yards. He has uh, 12 touchdowns on the year, five picks. So five picks is kind of uncharacteristic for Carr. But, I mean, he, he just had 90, 90%. Completion rate in a game last week, and he's going through all this stuff with a new head coach, not being able to have John Gruden around for mm-hmm. for him is obviously different, and he's been playing completely fine with it. So I'm I'm going with them car at number four. All right. Just like he wears on the back of his shirt. Uh, now, number three. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. He drops one spot after the uh, rough game last week, but he did have a passing touchdown. He's still on pace for a lot of records. So – not going to bump him down too much. Just a three spot. Yeah. Uh, Henry stays at the same spot for me at number three. Uh, didn't have his greatest rushing game, but when you don't have your greatest rushing game and it's still 90 yards, I think that's very much something to say. Uh, 10 touchdowns on the year, 869 rushing yards, and then the one passing touchdown. So that's something that, that uh, he did over the weekend, and I guess there was a couple memes out there saying that Derrick Henry heard that the MVP's only award for people who throw touchdowns. So he decided to get in that mix as well. So shout out to him. Now on to number two. All right, two, I'm going with Brady. Big jump up. It seems like he throws four touchdowns every single game, and uh, it's really close between one and two, but I'm going to give Brady the two spot for this one. I... Two went with Tom Brady at number two. That stays the same as last week. Leads the league in passing. His touchdown interception ratio is seven to one right now. I know he has the best supporting cast in the NFL, but to have 21 touchdowns at the point of the season that we are right now, it's undeniable how, how good he is and how good he's been his whole career. Mm-hmm. Now to number one, who is the MVP for you? Yeah, it's Kyler Murray again, man. It's uh, just like last week. He's spreading the ball around. He's not turning the ball over as much. Just a great season for Kyler. Yeah. Kyler is my MVP. Uh, he broke his streak of the no interceptions uh, with one against the Texans, but he made up for it afterwards. 20 for 28, 261 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, didn't run the ball uh, again. Something that he just hasn't had to do much of this year. I know they blew out the Texans, so it really probably wasn't even too much in the game plan. They just said, try to keep your body healthy and get ready for this, this big Thursday night game against Packers. But he stays as my number one guy. Uh, he's been going off this year and has 17 passing touchdowns to only five interceptions. All, All right. right. That's going to do it for our rankings for MVP Depoy and rookie of the year. Now it's time for baseball in our world series preview. Before we get into the whole series, Game one is going to start here in just about six minutes. It's Charlie Morton versus Framber Valdez. Who's taking away game one in Houston? Game one, Atlanta's going to get the win. Charlie Morton is a big game pitcher. I think it's so tough because Framber Valdez, I think, is just as big as a big game pitcher right now. But Charlie Morton, going back to where he used to play in Houston, I'm giving Atlanta uh, the dub in this one. I know Houston it's tough to beat at home because they like to cheat but uh that's besides the point yeah atlanta takes game one now on to who's gonna win the series together and then how many games i think the entire nation will be rooting for atlanta including us mm-hmm. 
Um, but I can't lie to myself, Kyle. Houston completely shut down the hottest lineup in baseball last series, the Red Sox. And Atlanta's going to run out of magic. You know, I do think why I picked Atlanta tonight is I think they'll steal a win with Morton. I think they'll have some late inning magic tonight, but I have Houston in six. MVP for obvious reasons, you're done. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was going to be my next question, oh. but <laughs> you said you're done? Yeah. All right. That's a good one. I think you're done. a very good guess here. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to win in seven. Uh, and the reason I say that is because every single time in this postseason that I thought Atlanta was just going to get shelled, they said, fuck you, Kyle. We're going to win this series. Uh, I thought. I thought Milwaukee was going to beat them in the NLDS. That obviously didn't happen. I thought the Dodgers were going to handle them just fine in the NLCS. That didn't happen. And maybe it has to do with no Acuna still, but this team has been so good in the past three months. And so I'm going to go with Atlanta in seven games. I really hope it goes seven just because game sevens are just so Mm. like that wild card game type feeling is awesome to have in a baseball game, especially when you're playing directly for that world series trophy. We saw game seven just a few years ago in uh, Houston uh, when the nationals beat them in game seven, Daniel Hudson in the last out of that game. Uh, but I'm going with Atlanta in six or seven. I think it's going to be a great MVP? series though. My MVP. Who I have two guys here. I, I'm going to say Jorge Soler. I think he's going to have like some crazy five home run type games type not games, uh, but series doing most of that in Houston. And if they go seven games, they're going to play four games in Houston. So I think he has just about the majority of those in Houston with a pitch hit home run in Atlanta for, uh, for a big game, or I'd go Jock Peterson because October. I mean, it's it's October. How can you not pick them? Uh, is, right. is it possible that the series goes to November? It is possible. Oh. If we get to Game Six, we will have November baseball. There'll be a new Mister November. Exactly. No more it, it, it could happen uh, unless there's a quick series, but we're obviously not hoping for that. And now let's look back at some of our spring training predictions. Mm. We don't have them all on hand, but we got the important ones. Yeah, what was your World Series predict- prediction going into the season? I had the Dodgers over the Astros. I'm not upset with that one. They were two of the final four teams, obviously Houston in the World Series. Uh, so I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I thought the NL was really going to be like the – if you win the NL, you win the World Series. I yeah. thought it was just going to be like that's how good they they were with the Padres, the Mets, the, the Braves, all these teams. Obviously, the Mets, Padres – didn't have ideal seasons and neither did the Braves in the first part uh, when they lost to Cunha and then somehow Mm -hmm. just made all these moves and became the best team in the NL after beating the Dodgers. So I had the Dodgers beating the Yankees in four games. Uh Obviously the Yankees are nowhere near that, but I was pretty confident in my breakout and disappointment players that I chose. I should find those. I can't remember them. My disappointment was Javi Baez, and I think that's very fair. I think he had a, a tough season offensively. I know he had some home runs, but he struck out like nobody else except for Matt Chapman. Uh, and then Kyle Tucker was my breakout. I know he was already like a star player, but I thought he was really going to turn into a superstar this year. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think he, he's going to be that next, I want to say generation 
for Houston, but once Correa leaves in the offseason, it's going to be a, a different team because they've already lost Springer. And once they lose Correa, it's going to be somewhat a different roster. So him and Jordan, I think, are the future for that. He could be squad. a World Series MVP pick. Yeah. Uh, I, Kyle Tucker, if I, if I had to pick one guy yeah. on Houston to to like or, or get like a jersey of, I, it'd definitely be Kyle Tucker. I think he's... But that's all hypothetical. Yeah, it's all hypothetical. <laughs> obviously all right so that's gonna do it for where's your head at now let's get to our bets and let's get on out of here so we can watch this world series game uh but let's see here oh and by the way all all of our predictions uh, the world series hasn't started yet for us so if you're watching this and it's the braves already won game one eight to five and jorge soler they're up by 11 exactly uh (laughs) i predicted that shit then uh but that's besides the point. So last week, it was a rough week for our layups. I had Atlanta having a two-point – or the Falcons minus two-and-a-half versus Miami. They end up winning by two, so that does not cover. Uh, and then Skyler had Coastal Carolina minus four-and-a-half at App State. That game was on Thursday or Friday, and App State actually won that game outright. Uh, Coastal Carolina dropped a shit ton in the rankings. Uh, so tough one there. For they were Skyler. up by six with like a minute left. It was so disappointing. Yeah. And then Brett, I think had probably the best bet uh, that we've ever had, because I don't think any bet has covered more than the, the amount of points that it covered. Uh, he had the new England Patriots minus seven against the jets and they beat the jets by 41 on to this week where I have Buffalo minus 13 and a half versus Miami. I think Miami's in shambles. It doesn't matter how good Tua plays. Buffalo's going to kill them. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be 35, nothing like it was last time, but I think 40 points isn't out of the question for Buffalo. And I don't think Miami's going to even score 20. Yeah. I uh, have a similar strategy here. I have Cincinnati minus nine and a half at the jets. It's either Mike white or Joe Flacco. So, uh, the Bengals are going to have a field day. Yeah. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to start this week. I think it's going to be very tough for him to, even though he's been with the jets to, to basically come into a new LaFleur offense and then, and then start right away. So oh, I, I, think, I agree with you. I just think they don't know what they're doing. So there's a yeah, possibility. That's fair. <laughs> On to the bold predictions. And we had a great week in bold predictions. Mm-hmm. It was the best it's ever been. We all got them right. I had Tennessee beating Kansas City, and I didn't think it'd be the, the outcome that it was, but Tennessee blows out Kansas City. Skyler had SDSU over Air Force. That did happen. Mm-hmm. And then Brett had the Warriors over the Lakers on opening night in the NBA, and that did happen as well. And the Warriors are still undefeated, and they start their fourth game of the season here in just about 15, 20 minutes. And then this week, uh, I had the Washington. I have the Washington football team over Denver in Denver. I think Denver's a four or a five point favorite right now, maybe even three. Uh, I just don't think Denver's good, to be 100% honest with you. And I think Washington isn't good either, but I think they're a bit better. So I'll go with that. All right. I'm going to go with Michigan State over Michigan in a pretty big game this week. Uh, I just feel Michigan State at home with probably the best skill player in division one football right now, Kenneth Walker. Uh, it's not a bad pick to go with the Spartans here. So I'm taking it. Yeah. It's going to be a fun game though. I know mm-hmm. one person that's going to be watching that game super closely. If he's not working and that's Alex. Uh, so that's going to do it for episode mm-hmm. 59. 
been a fun one. It's been a lot. Uh, but good week. Favorite number 59, Luke Keekley. Yeah. Do we have any parting notes, Skyler? Man, we'll be back next week with even better content. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out our socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter are both at Max Sports, and then uh, YouTube and TikTok are both at Immaculate Sports. So don't forget to go check those out. Turn on notifications, follow us, whatever you got to do to make sure mm-hmm. that you get all of our content because we're pumping yeah. it out like nobody else. We'll be back with Brett next week. Check out episode Twitter, 60. Guys. Come on. It's episode 60 next week. You got to tune in for that. Yeah. All right. We good? Yep. Go Jets. Deuces. That's fucking perfect, dude. Jorge Soler just homered to start off the game. Just thought we Woo! should throw this in. Let's go. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. That's <laughs> uh, just one of three for game one, though. All right. We'll be back next week. Go Jets. Yep.